Hi, this is Julie Boucher, founder of Slalsa, the condiment that will change your life, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. It's your host, it's Paul Kemp, and it's my job to provide you with the best speakers that I can find from around the world, people that we can learn from in what, whatever they may be doing. So that means that we uh, are really fortunate enough to get some great guests, uh, authors, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, app developers, and on all, from all walks of life. And it's with today, I've got great pleasure in introducing for your benefit, uh, Laura Berg. Uh, Laura Berg is the owner and founder of uh, MySmartHands.com. MySmartHands.com. So if you go and check out her website, it's uh, really interesting uh, to have a look at. I've, I've been on there and been playing around. Laura, a really warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, no, it's re- well, real pre- pleasure. You know, we're, we're all busy and I, I really appreciate you spending some time out of your day to come and educate us indie app developers. <laughs> so perhaps we could start just simply by asking you to, I guess, give us a little bit of background to you personally and, and how you actually ended up uh, working online. Well, my business really started when I had my daughter and uh, I wanted to stay at home with her and had to figure out a way to do that and still make money. Um, I was a teacher before I started my business, and so when I was exploring different options of of entrepreneurship, um, I came up with my smart hands and teaching baby sign language classes. So it's funny because it wasn't actually my first idea as an entrepreneur. Um, right. I did try a few other things that I realized were not the right fit for me. Uh, so I think that's really an interesting thing for entrepreneurs to understand is that we don't always just jump immediately into the thing that is the right thing for us. And um, when I finally decided to do my smart hands, it was just the perfect fit because I had my degree in education. I had a background in sign language. Um, I signed with my daughter. So everything sort of just fit beautifully together. You know, uh, well, first of all, I've got um, two tw- uh, twin boys. Uh, they're aged four. How old's your daughter? She's now eight, and I also have a wow. four-year-old. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, I wish sometimes that they had a little bit of an older sister to look after them, but uh, they're a bit, a bit, you know, a bit cheeky. Uh, yeah. I think I love what you've done. I really do. I think it's fantastic that you've obviously taken a passion. Now, there's people listening. They're not sure if what they're doing is a right fit. How do you know if it's a right fit? You know what? For me, it just, it was a feeling. It felt right because I was really passionate about what I was doing. I was happy to wake up and start doing the tasks that were involved in my business. Um, Before, for example, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to sell clothes on eBay. And I, I, realized when I went to a used clothing store to look to see if I could find some really interesting finds that I actually hated shopping. So that was not the right fit for me. Whereas, I mean, there are tons of people who successfully sell clothes on eBay um, who are clearly passionate about that. It wasn't, it didn't feel right for me. Um, And then I tried, you know, 
body casting for pregnant women and realized that I have zero artistic talent. So uh, that definitely- Explain that a bit more. I've never heard that expression before, body casting. What, what is that? No, so it's when a woman's pregnant, a lot of women, what they'll do is they'll go and have their bellies cast really in, in a hard mold. And then they'll have it beautifully painted and they'll hang it on the wall for in the baby's room. <laughs> and That's uh, great. It's really, it's an interesting thing. I did it when I was pregnant and it's, it's interesting sort of, I hold it up to me now and think, was I ever this size? Like it's such a weird thing that I had. My belly was able to grow to that, you know, extent. And, and also I can show my children and say, look, you, you fit right in here at one point. And um, so they're always really fascinated by it. Uh, so it's a very big trend, especially, you know, in, in North America and, and, uh, but there are people who do it and, and they're, they do it beautifully and, you know, they're nicely decorated and painted and all of that wow. stuff. And I realized that I suck at painting and, and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Laura, this is the App Guy podcast, and, you know, we love to have ideas, and you've just given me an idea for an app. So uh, what we could do is we could uh, uh, pick up our phones and point it at, uh, uh, I guess, a a mother and have some kind of superimposed uh, virtual reality type of uh, belly from when they were pregnant and do it virtually. You know, yeah, because there have been apps before where uh, that, uh, you know, they're using this technology that, um, for instance, I think Batman released um, an app where it would automatically put a mask on people's faces so that when you pointed the camera, it would put on a mask. So that, that could be an idea. You know, I mean, there's a lot of indie app developers listening. So perhaps there's a, there's an idea there in terms of uh, some, some app that would uh, actually, you know, give the impression of what it was like to be pregnant. Right, right. Love it. Great. That was our first app idea and we're hardly into the show. <laughs> so, so yeah, so this is, um, this is something that you were doing and uh, you, you realized uh, quite quickly, I guess, that you uh, wanted to do something else. So how did you then start the business of signing and, and knew that that was actually going to be a business for you? Well, I had a lot of people who were interested in what I was doing with my daughter and who were saying, you know, you should teach other parents how to do that. And so I sat down and designed a mummy and me type class that parents could come and learn how to sign. So, you know, it can feel very overwhelming for parents. And I wanted to sort of break it down to a really basic, easy to use system that at the end of the eight weeks, they're comfortable using because they come to class every week and the first few weeks, you know, I'd say, oh, did you sign at home this week? And they'd say, oh, you know, I forgot or I didn't do it or what have you. But by the end of the eight weeks, you know, oftentimes the babies are signing back and the moms are just, it's natural for them. Um, so I sat and designed a program. I'm fortunate because my husband's in the music industry. And so he wrote all the music for our, our program. So we'll teach, say, 12 signs a week. And then those 12 signs we'll put into a song. And then the parents will sing and sign the song. So it's a lot easier for them to take that home with them and practice through music. Um, so we found that that's been very successful for us. Oh, that's 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 great. So uh, I'm guessing then what you did is that you put this on a, a, the internet on a website. You built a website, and uh, what do you run run a blog and and uh, that, then you just knew that from looking at the numbers that people were really interested in, and and I guess that 
from the in- engagement that you had on social media that you knew this could be a business for you? Well, it's funny because my idea was to teach a few classes and then go back to teaching when my daughter was in school. So I just really wanted to stay at home with her until she started school. Um, and really, I was just going to do it myself, you know, out of my my home or at other people's homes and uh, just enough really to float my boat. But what had happened was I kept running into people who'd ask what I'm doing and I'd tell them and they'd say, oh, I heard of baby signing, but I've never actually seen a baby sign. And they'd see my daughter and they're like, wow, that's so amazing. I can't believe it. And so even though people had heard of the concept, I think until you see it in action, you don't quite realize how absolutely amazing it is. And so I took a video of my daughter signing and posted it to YouTube so that I could embed that in my website and that people could go then and see her signing. And uh, it was sort of kind of an information tool that I had. Well, little did I know that people from all over the world would start emailing me and asking me where they could take a class with me or could they become an instructor for my program. And at the time, I didn't have a program. (laughs) So I was like, okay, do I just continuously say no to these people or do I become proactive and create a program that other people can teach so that people all over the world can learn this? And so, so that's what I did. It was kind of, um, I didn't anticipate that it would become as big as it did. I just took opportunities when they came my way um, and created what I well, well, congratulations on you. And that, it's just a wonderful story. And there's so many uh, of us listening who think we think we've got a good idea and then we push that to the market. And some of the successful people on this podcast in past episodes have had their idea validated first before then creating it. Uh, and you're, you know, I guess in that category of that, you know, this is going to be a, a popular idea because you're literally getting that uh, feedback from potential customers and before you even build the product. And, and, and I think we could just learn so much from you on, on that process. Right. Yeah. So um, I noticed that there's an app in the app store as well. Uh, My Smart Hands. Is that your that one? That is mine. Yeah. Yeah, how did you uh, find building an app? I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're a bunch of indie app developers and we, we love talking about apps. Was it a pleasant experience for you to get that done? Uh, um, no. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you would say that because it's really frustrating, isn't it? You know, going from the web to then a native app and, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot of pitfalls. Perhaps you could sort of walk us through your experience and, and we could learn from, you know, the frustrations that you had on building that app and getting it to the app store. So for me, I found that doing the Apple app was much easier and very fairly straightforward. It was when I started to get into... Um, Android and, well, BlackBerry, I just totally gave up on. Uh, it was incredibly frustrating to get it into the BlackBerry market. My problem with my app is it's video heavy. So it's what it is, is it's a baby signing video dictionary. So parents can have the video dictionary at their fingertips when they're out with their baby and they're like, oh, I want to know the sign for this, but I don't want to wait until I go to class or I don't want to have to wait till I go home and email Laura or whatever the case may be. It's at their fingertips. They can look up the word. They see the video playing. There's an instruction to the video. Um, and so they can sort of take those teachable moments when they happen because they have it at their fingertips. But dealing with compression of video so that it became small enough 
to put in a reasonably sized app um, was a tricky part. And Android, I, uh, I'm still, I still am having issues with Android. Um, it's the different, the different screen sizes, the different phones, the different, different, difference, di- different, different, different. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really challenging Android. I mean, that's one of the big uh, disadvantages of Android is it's just so dispersed that uh, getting it to format correctly. You know, I was just thinking of an app that I built with a former guest, a, a meditation app, and that had a, embedded videos and a, a menu system of getting to those embedded videos. And uh, we decided to just purely release it on Apple um, because we knew that that was the easier way to get it out to the market. And so, yeah, it's interesting that you kind of had these observations of uh, the the frustrations with the, the Google Android. Yeah, it, it's been really... Um, it- I'd say if I had to do it all over again that I would just do Apple. But the problem is, is I have people who are constantly emailing me or were constantly emailing me saying, you know, what about Android? What about Android? So yeah. if, I, if I'm ignoring <laughs> yeah. Android, then I'm ignoring a big part of the population. Well, I mean, here's an idea. You just put that on Kickstarter to say, I want to build an Android app, a proper one. And uh, you need pledges from those people. And then they pledge before you build it. Then you put that money towards developing a a really decent app. And uh, perhaps um, you could tell us, I mean, it's quite interesting because, you know, we're, we're almost like talking to you as a potential client, for example. And how did you go about picking an app developer? Did you uh, have a process uh, in place to, to appoint somebody and how, you know, tell us your, your thinking behind the, the appointment of an app developer. Well, again, I think this was a really frustrating experience. I ended up doing my initial app with a friend of mine, um, who is no longer a friend. And, uh, that's just a long story in and of itself. Um, it didn't go well. And so then I had to hire somebody, uh, to do it. And I was trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do I find somebody? So I went to social media and asked, you know, for recommendations and, and then I would get quotes, but the quotes would range from, you know, say two to $3,000 up to 15 to $20,000 for the same app. So yeah, that's that's incredible, isn't it? That's uh, you know, it's it's the wild west out here with, with regards to trying to appoint a decent app developer and get your project on on the go. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Because you're also you, you don't know whether how they'll do, so you're not sure if you want to invest, you know, fifteen thousand dollars to to create something that, you know, how long is the lifespan of it really? I was, when I first posted my app, I was seeing great revenue. And then, you know, over the years that starts to decline simply because more and more people put more and more apps in the store and, um, you know, more competing apps come up and, you know, then you have to reduce your price and then you have to, uh, you know, tweak, tweak it a bit. And yeah, all the updating as well. And, uh, yeah, so that, 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 I guess there's another idea is that there just needs to be some uh, good resource for going and uh, almost like having a rating. You know, like we get apps, we have these reviews and rating systems for apps. Well, we need that for app developers, perhaps, you know, a, almost a marketplace where we can go. We can see the previous work, uh, the recommendations of that. And I just think that would make it easier because to, to, it is a, a real minefield uh, what what tends to happen, you know, from past guests we've learned is that they'll get a quote. Um, 
some people will underbid just simply to get the work and then all these hidden uh, costs come into it you know afterwards because they're they're trying to integrate the app with the website and it's just really you know complicated to do that and it takes a lot more work and they they clearly underbid uh, just to get the work and and then you have all these unhidden uh, costs coming uh, afterwards the the other big danger is apple um, can reject the app and it's cost all this money to build it, then it doesn't get into the app store. And it's just obviously worthless. So uh, it's just an interesting dilemma to hear you talk about your, uh, you know, your experience from your side. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about phones. Uh, you've got a smartphone, I believe. Yeah. Or is it, um, is it an it iPhone? It is an iPhone, yeah. Great, okay. And what, we would love to know, we're talking about apps, you know, what apps could you recommend, do you, do, have you found that you think we wouldn't know about, uh, or just some of your favorite apps? Um, well, because I run a business, one of my favorite apps is Genius Scan. Now, have you heard of Genius Scan? I, I think I have, I've not used it, but uh, I believe that's like, a, I guess like uh, scanning a document yeah. and putting it into the cloud. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I am forever signing, you know, contracts and documents. And for me to have to sign, print something off, sign it, scan it, you know, it's just a big pain. So with Genius Scan, I can literally just, you know, print it off, sign it, take a picture, email it right from the app. And it just, it saves so much frustration for me. That's great. Well, thank you for giving us that one. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? The privacy as well. You feel quite comfortable with the privacy given that you're signing all these uh, contracts. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it hasn't really, um, I haven't been concerned about it. Great. Uh, so as we move forward, I, I'd love to know what it, uh, I guess your experience with social media. I mean, you're a phenomenon on social media and, you know, you've obviously clearly, uh, you, you've hit the mark in terms of uh, putting great content out there that people just swallow up. Uh, what's what would you recommend for someone who's just trying to get into um, you know build a profile for themselves? Maybe they're selling an app, uh, maybe they're selling their app business, you know, may, maybe other entrepreneurial pursuits. Can you give us some guidance on you know from your experience? Uh, what are the best platforms to focus on and why? Well, it's it's interesting because it does vary depending on your business. Um, but I, and all different platforms do different things. So obviously I am a huge, huge supporter of YouTube because it's been the number one driver of business for me. I personally think that every business owner should be on YouTube because we are really in the day and age of, of social, of being social, social media, social marketing, you know, like we have all of these, these social words out there because we are wanting to be social and connect with the brands that we're dealing with or the businesses that we're dealing with. So by putting myself on YouTube, for example, and creating a brand that way, people connect with me on a personal level because they feel like they know me because I'm the face that's there. Um, what video also does is, is you can explain the services that you offer so you become a real person instead of me going to your website and simply just reading the services that, you know, there's no personality behind text. So I love YouTube. And then it's great content for your website or blog. It's great content for other social media. So if you're on Twitter, 
and you have videos, you just tweet out those videos. So for me, I think YouTube is, is definitely the way to go for business. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear you talk so highly of YouTube because I think there has been some criticism that YouTube do steal your traffic. You know, when they finish the video, uh, the embed of the video sometimes uh, directs them back to YouTube and then all the, the different video recommendations, I guess, of uh, people competing with you. And so that's why there's been, a, a I guess, a, you know, a growing up of other video services around YouTube. Uh, but you're right. YouTube is, the, I guess, the second biggest uh, search engine in the world, you know, uh, next to Google, which owns YouTube. So it's got to be the most appropriate place to put uh, content and, and get it out there. Well, and when you embed the video into your website, you can select to choose not to play the videos at the end. You can't do it in YouTube, but you can do it with the embed code. So if people are worried about that, that that's a feature that's there. Oh, that's great. Well, that's all. That's really good. Um, you know, we had a past guest uh, called Roger Lee. Uh, he runs a business called Roger Lee Dance. He was doing a lot of uh, consultancy over Skype. Is, is that something you do in terms of uh, the, the workshops, the way you connect with your audience? Is it mostly through pre-recorded videos or do you do live uh, Skype uh, one-on-ones? You know, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about that, how you're using uh, the, that side of it. Well, so what I've done... Um since creating my business and my business is quite successful, I've been able to hire staff that just run my smart hands, which has freed up my time to do other things that I'm really passionate about, which happens to be digital marketing and YouTube. And so I've started a consulting business on how to use YouTube effectively as a brand and as an entrepreneur or a blogger even. So people will come to me and that's where I'll use Skype. Um, you know, I'll do a one hour consultation with them where I'll walk them through. So with Skype, I can share my screen with them and they just make me, um, like I can use their, their account. They can set me up through Google and I can walk them through all of the back end stuff of YouTube that people don't really even know exists. So I always say to people, you can spend an hour with me and learn so much compared to, 10 hours of you sitting there searching for th ways to use YouTube because there are things about YouTube that people don't even know to ask. People don't even know to Google. Um, so you wouldn't even come upon that. But I've been using YouTube since 2007. So I've been in the game for a long time. It's seen a lot of changes. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, the, the some of the frustrations coming out when it was uh, Google Plus and all comments were through Google Plus and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I guess you've lived through all those yeah. and uh, you just adapted your business to. So so how can people learn if they're really interested in um, getting this consultation? Uh, what uh, where should they go? So they can go to Laura Berg, Inc. Inc. com, And uh, that's my speaker website. But there's a tab there that's uh, for YouTube consulting. And even video consulting, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are not video savvy or they're intimidated to use uh, video. What I've been doing for other entrepreneurs is helping them do video editing. So they take the raw footage and then they upload it to Dropbox and I put the footage together for them and then upload it to YouTube. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that video help as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And there's also an app you may want to check out called Clarity. I don't know if you've heard of Clarity, uh, but Clarity is on the iPhone and it's a marketplace where you can sell your uh, expertise uh, by the minute. And 
uh, people are, are approaching you, uh, calling you through the uh, smartphones. And uh, yeah, people are, I guess, uh, making, making money on here uh, via uh, Clarity that, that they schedule appointments and then they have calls with people and, and charge by the, the minute. So uh, yeah, really interesting concept there. Interesting. That is, that, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Yeah, no. That, I mean, I just wanted to mention it because it's uh, something that uh, I, I noticed some of the other guests are using. And uh, I think the, uh, if we go back to episode uh, 40 uh, with Sujan Patel, he was the, the first guest to mention that. And he, he's he got a uh, like a site up. And then, yeah, he, he and he said it was great because uh, he's a big advocate of uh, just paying someone else. You know, I mean, why go through? Uh, you know, we all we all get used to it. as entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. We get used to doing stuff on our own and just trying to wade through the information. And there's so much uh, information overload. So it, it is better, as you say, rather than spending ten hours, twenty hours a week, two weeks, maybe going in completely the wrong direction, uh, to actually just get someone clarity, uh, spend an hour with them, spend a few hundred dollars. And not make all those same mistakes that, you know, thousands of people are doing just by trying to do it on their own. No, exactly. And it can be incredibly frustrating, you know, sitting there looking at the screen going, what do I do? I don't know what to do. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people, too, when you're using YouTube or, you know, anything really, you tend to be reactionary rather than, you know, proactive about something. So if you're having issues, you're trying to solve the issue rather than trying to figure out how to make something better, how to really use something to its fullest capabilities. And so that's where I come in. I can help with those people who are having issues and problems and solve those problems, but I can take it to the next level and help them really use it effectively. Well, Laura, I'm sure that people will be, uh, you know, checking you out now because that's something that I think is just so valuable. Uh, before we say goodbye, uh, you know, I would love to ask you, you uh, you're a mother of, uh, of two children and there are people listening to this podcast right now who perhaps uh, hate their job, dislike their life because of their job. You know, their job is all consuming. They're stuck in commute, commuting traffic every day and they're just looking for, a, you know, an alternative uh, they go into the internet, they, they, you know, how to make money online is usually the first thing they search. And then they, they spend a, a little bit of time learning that you can't just, you know, press a button and, and, and money comes churning out the internet. You have to, you have to do something you're passionate about. So the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is what, what is it like? Could, could you describe uh, a typical day for us, for, you know, to, to live your life and with the success you've had online and, and how that's impacted, you know, your relationship with your, your family? Well, you know, in the early days, it was a lot of work and stress and getting your business off the ground. Um, But my business has been going since, as I said, 2007, really. And, um, and I really now it's, it's great. Now I am in a really lovely position where I like the freedom of being an entrepreneur. So I can decide what I'm going to do day by day, I don't have to ask permission. So if I want to take a day off or go lunch with a friend or what have you, I can. Uh, if I want to spend the day at my child's school, I don't have to book it off. It's just me making that decision. I travel a lot. Um, luckily, my husband is also uh, self-employed. And so we have that flexibility. So we end up taking the kids on a month-long road trip every summer. Um, I also am a speaker, so I talk at conferences around the world and the freedom of being able to travel and, and experience that and meet amazing people has been fantastic. 
So now I'm in a great position. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's hard and you're going to put in hours and but it, they're going to be your hours, right? They're not going to be your boss's hours. And that's the key difference is that I might have been working at midnight after my children went to bed, but those were my hours and my choice of working at that time because I gave up working from three until eight because I wanted to spend those hours with my children. Yeah, it's just, I love asking that question because uh, yeah, it hopefully inspires people to just think that there is an alternative out there to the, the drudgery that is a nine to five. You know, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I, I worked at one o'clock in the morning last, last night. Uh, I had to get up at five o'clock to get, make sure that my kids have got a school place. <laughs> and uh, then I can spend, I spent a bit of time this, um, just before this call actually with, with the kids before then dropping them off with their, uh, their, their nana. So um, yeah, really, uh, I, I love this lifestyle. The final thing I need to just get in before we say goodbye is that we love coming up with uh, ideas for apps. I know that there was the first app idea, but perhaps you could uh, just think about your business right now uh, both both businesses that you have are, are there any particular frustrations that you have with the business and we maybe we could flesh out an idea for an app you know it, it's funny I, I there are app ideas that I sort of have in mind that I could do but I'm not sure if uh, like it's financially feasible at this point based on the way that my app revenue has been going with I have other apps in the store that aren't as successful as my dictionary app but this is totally off topic from my business. I do have an interesting idea for an app. Oh, we would love to hear it. If, you, if you're willing to share it, because uh, there are indie app developers who may be now getting pen and paper and ready to steal your idea. Yeah, so, well, uh, email me. I want a piece of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a qualification that, you know, you co you're coming up with this idea first. And if it comes and hits the market in six months, then we know that uh, we'll have to go and uh, knock on the door of the developer. But yeah, we'd love to hear it. What, what is exactly. it? Exactly. So, you know, a lot of times I'll be at a restaurant or we'll be at a party or what have you and we'll have a glass of wine and we'll really enjoy it. And, we, you know, you see the label of the bottle, but you forget the name. But you remember the label of the wine has a circle that's yellow, that's whatever, you know, you sort of are visual. It would be awesome to have an app that you could um, sort of type in different things like, okay, it's, it's a black circle on a yellow label. And it'll, it'll narrow down and it'll have pictures of the wine bottles that have, that sort of are close to that description so that you can figure out what the name of the bottle is and then go to the store and, and buy it. I love that idea. I think it's terrific because, you know, we've, we've obviously got very used to search and we have to search for very specific things. But, you know, the human brain doesn't tend to work sometimes like that. You know, we do um, think visually yeah. and... And yeah, just to be more descriptive about what we're trying to find, uh, you know, it's that it's that uh, round label with a, a blue cross through it. And uh, I think it came from New Zealand. Or whatever. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's I think it would be good because there have been so many times where I've been like, I remember it. It was a yellow label or what have you. It would just be, you know, going to a massive liquor store and taking pictures of all the labels and trying mm. to figure out. But I'm sure I'm sure it could be done. So. Yeah, well, you see, me personally, you know, doing a podcast now, this is, um, you know, episode uh, 81. And uh, this, it would be great to have a feature where I could just go search through uh, all the different audio recordings, you know, from, uh, um, I guess, previous times and, and just find what I'm looking for. Because, 
you know, there's no way at this stage, I don't think that we can search audio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, the, the, we're obviously got very used to Google and uh, it's great to have this wonderful search engine, uh, but there's still so much stuff and information that is, is not indexed and, and cannot be searched. And uh, uh, yeah, I think that's um, there's something in that. But well, Laura, I mean, uh, congratulations for uh, getting through the interview and uh, appreciate that it was very app related. And uh, I think we've learned a, a load from you. So how best can we you know, connect with you and reach out? What's, what's the best way? Um, email is always best. So people can email me at laura at lauraburginc.com, um, which is, they can also do mysmarthands.com. Um, but your audience might be more interested in connecting with me on my business side of things. So, Well, terrific. Well, thanks for joining us on the App Guide podcast. It's been a real pleasure. I love the ideas that have come out. So uh, maybe uh, we can get back to you in uh, six months time and, uh, say, and, and deliver you the app that you're looking there for. There you go. That would be perfect. <laughs> terrific. Laura, wonderful. You have a great day and thanks for joining us and imparting uh, your wisdom on us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.